Heavenly Father, we come before you this Lord's Day afternoon to give you thanks for this time of study that you've given to us. We pray, Lord God, that you will bless this time of study, that will be a, a great benefit to all of us, <coughs> that we'll be encouraged by what we uh, look into here regarding your word, your word and our duties as husbands, and that you will train us and teach us to be faithful in uh, this duty, this talent you've given to us to lead our families and to be ahead of, of our wives. And for the single people, Lord, that they may learn uh, what to expect when they get married and how they should um, behave according to your word. This we do pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay, so today we're going to do our third part um, regarding the duties of husbands. Uh, so this is our third part regarding husbands. Uh, I'm going to have us read First Timothy chapter 6 First Timothy chapter 6 Verse 11 First Timothy 6 verse 11 But thou, O man of God Flee these things And follow after righteousness Godliness Faith Love Patience Meekness Amen. Today I want to look at one or two of the fruits of the Spirit which husbands should exhibit towards their wives. And of course, this is reciprocal, right? It should be back and forth. We are all to exhibit these fruits of the Spirit. Of being righteous, godly, having faith, having love, having patience, having meekness. But husbands, you're the man. You are to lead by example. And therefore, I want to highlight your duties here. But I want everyone, everyone to understand that this applies to everyone. It applies to everyone, including children. Now, most of us were not raised in the RPCNA. Some of you were, but not all of you. For those who are not, <clears throat> you men in particular, recall your journey to embracing the regulative principle of worship. Recall your journey into embracing a cappella exclusive psalmody. How was that journey? How was that journey in embracing the reign to principle of worship. How was that journey in embracing a cappella exclusive for you? What did it look like for you specifically? Someone give me three words to describe that journey. For those of you who have made that journey from worshiping a different way to reign to principle a cappella exclusive Fit like a glove. Fit like a glove, okay. What else? That was my experience. It was really hard for me. It was hard for you. Okay, good. Um, fearful, hesitant, happy. Okay, great. <coughs> Any other questions? It, it made sense. Okay, good. Good. All right. Huh? Ongoing. Ongoing. Yeah. The journey. Good. Good. 
Okay, great. <clears throat> well, for the families here, who was the first one in your family to embrace the regular principle of worship? You? 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 Notice it was four men. It was the men. Uh, one woman, okay. So, so usually, it's, usually it is the men, but you're always an exception, right? <clears throat> um, so most of the time it's the men that, that usually embrace doctrines, and then they pass it on to their wives. Because usually it's the men that are gravitated more towards reading, studying, researching, debating, interacting on theological topics. Right? Some of you wives probably dread when your husband is on Facebook getting into Facebook debates and like, please don't say something stupid. Please don't say something dumb, right? But it's the men usually that are getting into it. And then, <coughs> men, once you're convinced, you bring it to your wife. And you say, honey, I believe this now. Sometimes you ambush your wife with it, don't you? Maybe you haven't particularly, but you know of men that have, have ambushed their wives with a new teaching or practice. Honey, beginning tomorrow, this is what we're believing in. Your wife's like, wait a minute, what? What's going on? <clears throat> You see, you did all the studying, you did all the debating, you did the research, but she didn't get that benefit of filtering that most men go through. Because you are filtering in this process. Next thing you know, you believe it, and boom, now your wife will believe it. Because you believed it after a process, after the journey. And you don't give your wife that benefit. <clears throat> Brethren, do you think that's wise? Should we do that to our wives? Wives? No. Good answer. <clears throat> well, it is unwise. It is dangerous. <clears throat> and it goes against everything that Paul tells us to exhibit at 1 Timothy Chapter 6, verse 11. Love, patience, meekness. You see, husbands, we need to understand that when we come to some theological conclusion, we need to exhibit much patience and meekness towards our wives when we instruct them. Not with harsh, strong words, <clears throat> but with gentleness, kindness, and meekness. And none of this usurps your authority. None of this makes you less of a man. Rather, it makes you more of a man. This is to be manly, to show gentleness, kindness, and meekness to your wife. And when you explain things that she does not understand, the last thing you want to do is to berate her, to mock her, and to remove her dignity. Because the moment you do that, you're less of a man. 
Because that is a wicked response. The proper way then to instruct your wife is privately. Especially if she struggles to understand. Don't do it publicly around other people. Do it privately. Do not undermine her by laughing at her or giving her unkind gestures because she doesn't grasp it like you do. Remember, you went through a filtering process. However long or short that was, you went through a filtering process. Give her the same benefit. Help her through it. And when you're a family worship, as you instruct the family, do it generally. And not by pointing out a certain person to put them on the spot. Children, your wife, your, your mom, I mean, children, your mom doesn't get this. Ha, 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 ha. Don't do that. Don't do that. And so when you instruct your wife, use kind and gentle persuasive words. Maybe you have to break it down even more. Not because she lacks the mental ability to understand what you're saying. <clears throat> she just lacks grasping how you're saying it. Or to grasp the concept of that particular doctrine or practice. And so what should you do? Well, do what Isaiah the prophet Isaiah talks about precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little. Now, if this sounds like basic common sense, then you may say, well, Pastor, this, this sounds like it should be done with everyone. You're right. <laughs> it should be. <clears throat> Especially when we have visitors in the church. Or you have people that come to the church that are yet to become members because they're still trying to learn what we believe and understand what we believe. We need to be cautious. Because many times in our own zeal or desire or our desire <coughs> to do what is right, we end up doing it the wrong way and run people off. Sometimes we do it, many times we do this on the internet because it's easy to do that on the internet because we're not looking at them face to face. So, you know, we tend to be more, a little more harsh. But in our zeal, we need to tamp it down a little bit, right? And especially when we have new people. We need to be patient. We need to be meek. We need to show love. And brethren, with your wife especially, you must be this way. This is your duty as a husband. And we must also be watchful against enforcing an implicit faith. Where, one where someone says they believe, but do not understand at all what it is they believe. They may say they believe or practice something out of peer pressure or coercion. And we must guard against that. Husbands, you don't want your wife to believe or practice something because you pressured her into it. Because when you pressure someone into a position, it's just like that pressure cooker. Once it starts going off, the steam coming out telling you I'm ready, if you don't turn it off and remove that pressure, what's going to happen? Boom. Boom. And then what's going to happen? 
The husband may call the pastor up and say, Pastor, my wife is rebellious and is going off on me. And then I come, or the pastor comes, talks to you and finds out. You're the one to put on that pressure. You're the one to cause her to explode. You're the one who needs to repent. So be careful how you instruct your wife. And so when you come to a new understanding, persuade your wife of what the Bible teaches, but be meek about it. Be patient with her. Be loving towards her. Be loving, be patient, be meek. Now, I want you guys to participate. So tell me, what other ways are godly biblical man, uh, biblical ways to instruct your wife when it comes to doctrine or practice? Any other thoughts? Uh, going a little bit at a time is uh, vital. Uh, nobody can drink from a fire hose, you know. Yeah. Taking, taking things one step at a time. Okay, good. Any other thoughts? I think ideally, if at all possible, before you've reached a conclusion on something, include her in what you're thinking about and discussing with people so that she's already a little bit there when you've made a decision. Perfect. When you are <clears throat> considering a new doctrine of practice, and you are starting to have a change of mind, bring your wife along right away. Include her in it. Say, honey, I'm, you know, I was just exposed to this doctrine or practice. I, I'm not sure, but, but it, it's, kind, it's starting to make sense to me. I want you to be aware of it. And then bring her along in that journey. So you guys both can help each other out, right? And, and again, husbands, don't underestimate your wives. They have certain intuitions that we don't, <clears throat> that it will be wise for you to listen to. Because maybe you're listening to somebody and your wife's like, yeah, this dude, there's something off with this guy that you're listening to. Maybe you shouldn't be listening to him anymore. And in the end, she turns out to be right and you save yourself a lot of grief. Okay? Any other examples? Suggestions. I don't want to put the wives on the spot because then the husbands will be like, shh. I guess if it like involves like for example like exclusive psalmody, it would. There's something about well, you would have to be stopping, you know, singing hymns and starting to just do that. And I guess like it can help like somebody um, to like not overly focus on the negatives of like, well, we're going to be stopping singing hymns and, you know, you got to stop this and do that. But like to talk about the joy and the goodness that you would be embracing with mm -hmm. like, you know, singing the songs. Yeah. Perfect. Good. Good. Okay. All right. <clears throat> now, shifting a little bit from instructing your wife on doctrinal matters or you know religious practices 
let's get more into like just daily instruction of your wife. Just different things. <clears throat> like when you ask your wife to do this or that in the home, whatever it may be. Honey, can you feed the dog today? Whatever it may be. Husbands, learn to do it with mildness, with sweet words. Okay? Remember, she is your love. She is the love of your life. She is the one that should satisfy you and no one else, as we looked at last week. You know, I've been, my wife and I have been married 28 years, right? And she, you know, however long you're married, 50 years, whatever, she should be the one that is your satisfaction, right? She is the one that, she, that, that should always be pleasing you. And so you need to remember that when you're speaking to her, speaking with her with mildness and with sweet words. Now, all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. Our wives are sinners. Yes, wives, you sin as well. What do you do if she is doing sinful things or conducting herself in a sinful manner? How do you instruct her then? How do you lead her then? How do you interact with her then? Well, I will say this. The first thing the husband should do is in a gentle, patient, loving manner is to be specific to her with her sins. To point them out directly. The sins that she's committing against God. To let her know which commandments she is violating and to ask her if she recognizes her sin. If she does, her response should be to repent and to seek reconciliation, especially if her sin harmed relationships with you or with others. However, what happens if she refuses? If she refuses <clears throat> to acknowledge that she is in sin? First of all, if you pushed her to sin, you need to recognize that too, if you are complicit. And be the first one to ask for her forgiveness. But should we tell her, you are in sin, listen to what I'm saying, I'm telling you you're in sin, you need to repent. Do you think that's going to get very far, that kind of expression? How many of you think that will work? No, right? You need, to, you need to maintain your authority, but with wisdom. You need to approach her with patience. And even though this, the, the sin, the situation is a rough one, a hard one, you need to be the man and control how you voice your concerns to her. Okay? It's very hard. It's very hard at times. Especially if the wife becomes obstinate. And that happens. Even in Christian families. If the wife becomes obstinate, you, you need to be, you need to exercise patience, right? Do not re repay evil with evil. Do not respond in a sinful manner. At times, it may be necessary if there's an impasse to get the pastor involved. Or an elder. 
you know, the Matthew 18 process in, the, in a sense, where you go and say, we need help here. Because maybe you are in sin and you're not seeing it. Or maybe you're telling her she's in sin, but she doesn't see it. She thinks it's a disagreement. You're calling it a sin. But maybe it's just a mere disagreement. Maybe, maybe she, she made an unwise decision and you are blowing it out of proportion and saying, no, she's sin. And, and sometimes you can make an unwise decision and it's not sin. Okay? So we need, to be, we need to be cautious. We need to be thoughtful. We need to be patient. We need to be meek with our wives when we instruct them, when we ask them to do things in the house, when we challenge them with sin. Okay? We need to be responsive in a way that Paul talks about here in 1 Timothy. Be loving. And it's hard when it's, we're confronting sin. And wives, <clears throat> you do not become angry when your husbands correct you for some action you performed or a sin you committed. Maybe, maybe you, you don't see it as sin and he is telling you it's sin. And then someone else comes and says, yeah, you know what, it is sin. Your response should not be, well, you're on my husband's side. No, it should be humility. And meekness. And then confessing it and repenting. Much less should you despise him. Much less should you find ways to bring pain to him. Or to subjugate him. We need to be, we need to be patient. Wives, do not repay in what's evil. Husbands, let me reiterate to you that. When you're teaching your wife, when you're instructing her, when you're giving her um, instructions for the day, when you're challenging her, bear in mind what it says here in 1 Timothy. Do so with love, with patience, with meekness. And then when you get through that situation, that conflict, she will... Lord willing to reflect on how you handle the situation and her love will just go deeper for you. Her respect will go deeper for you. Always bear this in mind. When we are being corrected, when we are being corrected, remember this from Leviticus 19 verse 17. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. You see, if you get rebuked, if you're getting corrected, wise, if your husband is correcting you, it's because he's doing it from love. Not because he hates you, but because he loves you. Because he wants to prevent sin from falling upon you. Keep that in mind. And husbands, make sure that is the reason why you're correcting your wife. Or challenging your wife. You're doing it because you love her. You don't want sin to fall upon her. Then we have this other portion where it says, <clears throat> The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. He that refuses 
Instruction despises his own soul. But he that hears reproof getteth understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. Proverbs 15, 31-33. You see, wise, when you are reproved of your husbands, take it as the word of God here describes it. To accept reproof is to be counted as wise. If you accept the reproof of your husband, it's because you are a wise woman. That you do not despise your own soul and that you gain understanding. You see, when you accept the reproof of your husband, it, is, it will be gaining understanding and it is for your own good. Instruction and wisdom is to fear the Lord. And if you desire to be honored, women, wives, if you desire to be honored, you must first learn humility. So Proverbs 15.33 says, Before honor is humility. So do you want to be honored? Learn humility. And of course, this is vice versa. Right? Husbands, the same application goes to you. If you have sin and your wife challenges you because you're in sin, you must receive that rebuke for your own good and not push back. If you're a single person, learn the same. Learn the same. If someone challenges you because you are in sin, don't receive it in anger, but receive it in humility. Children, the same. You're learning, you're growing. You will, you will need correction. Receive it with humility. So husbands, learn to instruct your wife with love, meekness, and patience. Whether that is to do with some new theological understanding that you have grasped or regarding financial matters or anything else. Learn to correct her or call her out in her sin in such a way that is not harsh, not demeaning, nor with insolence towards your wife. When you assert your authority, do so with firmness. If she refuses to listen or defends her sin, but do so with wisdom Continue with a patient voice. And wives, be ready and open to receive correction from your husbands, especially if he is calling you out on sin. And husbands, the same goes to you. If your wife is calling you out on sin. Because we do so out of love. And not the desire to protect your honor. Because sin brings dishonor. Your husband does this because he wants to reflect Christ to you and keep you on a path of wisdom for your spiritual good. Okay? All right. Any, I'm going to end it here because we have fellowship. And uh, I don't want to.